0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts!
1: experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's Let's go go to court! court. On this episode, I'll talk about when cattlemen sued Oprah!
0: And I'll be talking about that time Slipknot tried to block Burger
2: King's cock. (laughs) And I'll be talking about one of the most dramatic moments in baseball history, when a man struck by flying hot dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very
0: excited about this. Oh my gosh, so let's start by uh, saying that we have a guest. We sure do. On this week's episode. His name is Norman Caruso. Back by popular
1: demand.
2: Yeah, repeat customer. <laughs> you guys couldn't get any other guests. He just dragged me back on.
1: Fake news. What really happened was Norman begged to be back on the yeah. show. Uh, give the people what they want. We had lots of
0: requests for Is Norman to come Newman? back.
2: Is that Randy Newman? <laughs> give the people what they want. Stop. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I was excited about this episode because we have a food theme mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. episode. As I am a big fan on the of food. last
3: food.
0: The last time you guessed it, you requested that we have you yeah, back and that's about food.
2: Yeah, I think themed Law episodes foods. are a great idea.
1: All right. Okay. So no yeah, I more <laughs> hear you. All
2: right. I'm excited about both, uh, all three of these cases.
1: I'm excited about yours because you have been trying to get me to do this one a million have. times and I've been like, no, it sounds dumb.
0: It's <laughs> and, not dumb. And it's it, big no. time. Okay. She's been
1: like, let's blur it. Okay. Okay. Let's get a cart. Let's get a cart. Let's get a cart. <laughs> All right, guys, they're making fun of me because we did the intro and the first time we did it, I said, let's go to cart. And I thought I could get away with it, but I couldn't.
2: <laughs> She's like uh the Californians. Yeah. Let's get a cart.
1: What are you doing
2: here?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Right in> here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Excuse do you want to do what we did last time where we explained that you're my husband and that's why you're on this podcast, or do you feel like
2: uh no.
1: Just let me <laughs> No. Norman is uh is here
0: um because he's He's just a fan. A big fan of the fan. podcast. <laughs> Not because he's this married a, to he one of us. He might also the, be married to Kristen. This is but a he episode. also has a really fantastic YouTube channel, The Gaming Historian.
2: Yes, I talk about the history of video games in documentary-style videos.
0: If, if, uh, if you're a fan of The Gaming Historian and you like what he has to offer, head on over to GamingHistorian.com and pick up Gaming Historian Volume 1, Blu-ray, available we,
1: now.
2: Legit, we only have like 100 copies left.
1: Well, get on sure. it, people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we're not, we're not reprinting it.
1: No matter how much you bet. OOP. Yeah. So. Out of print. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It'll be worth a lot of money someday.
1: When
0: Norman dies. Oh God, <laughs> That's my next money-making scheme.
2: <laughs> but I'm dead. Sorry. Also, this will be in. No, this
1: is like, it could be my own episode of Dateline. That's how it would be on Dateline. First, I have the insurance money. Yes. And then I'm like, you guys, now that Norman's gone, would you like a commemorative blu <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hand out Blu-rays at my funeral. Oh. selling them.
1: <laughs> Set up a little table. Yeah.
2: Here's some merch. <laughs> um, okay, this... I, should,
1: I should say, this is fucked up to joke about,
0: so that'll never happen. Yes, we're taking that out of the universe okay. now. sucking yeah. it back in.
2: Oh, my. <laughs> By the way, this is an extra moist episode Crap. of Let's oh, Go to Oh, my court. God, so Because is. our AC is broken. So, yeah, it's going to get sweaty.
0: Yeah, so when I got here, they were like, oh, our AC wasn't working last night, but it's magically working now, so you're welcome for the amazing environment we've provided for you, and then now it's fucking sweltering, so. <laughs> my
1: hair is so high on my head right now. I feel okay. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Wonderful. Norman's fully naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right started i'm gonna start us off all right i'm excited
2: I, I i heard slipknot yeah cock blocking burger king
0: yes are you guys familiar with the band slipknot Kristen? i'm looking at you yes because yes i feel like maybe you might not be oh
2: <laughs> i know slipknot
0: <laughs> okay so for those of you that don't know slipknot is a heavy metal band from des moines iowa they were formed in 1995 they're from iowa they're, yeah
2: Midwest Metal. Yeah. Nice.
0: And they are known for their aggressive sound, chaotic live shows, and attention-grabbing style. They are famously known for donning creepy masks while performing. Among these masks, among these masks are a creepy fucking clown, oh. of course. Mm-mm. This oh, no. like Pinhead guy with, like, you know, all these pins coming out all the way out to here. And then, like, probably the three most recognizable masks are the gas mask, a kabuki mask, and a mask with dreads. Altogether, there are nine members of the band, but those are probably the three most recognizable Mm -hmm. masks. In 2005, Slipknot was riding high off of the success of their 2004 album Slipknot, Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, which had reached number two on the Billboard album chart and produced six singles, including Duality, which is arguably their biggest hit. So, like, if you know a Slipknot song, it's probably that one. Go ahead and sing it, Brandy. No, I'm just kidding. I... No Slipknot, I don't know that much music. My brother was a huge Slipknot yeah. fan, so that's what I know about them. So I would like to dedicate this uh, this case to my brother's memory. So Excellent. in memory of Dan, this, this, uh, this episode. Okay, so they spent 2005 touring in support of that album, and they also recorded a live album on that tour to be released later that year. Then, on August 3rd. 2005. What? On a break from tour, lead singer Corey Taylor was relaxing in the living room of his Des Moines, Iowa home, watching The Real World Austin.
1: Yes. (laughs) Like
0: you do. (laughs) Worth noting is the best season of The Real World. Um, Is this something you read somewhere or are you just throwing? And features my second favorite cast member ever, Wes Bergman, who happens to be Kansas City native. FYI. Really? Yes. Ooh. Yes. I yeah. never
2: watched The Real World. Oh, I did. I think oh, I watched The Real World shit out of the world. I watched The Real World New Orleans
1: I for a little too. bit. Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, yeah, I could never get into it.
1: Was it too real for you? <laughs> it's Do
2: you too like close it when to people my real stay life. polite? Yeah, you don't like it when yeah. they
0: start getting real. So there Corey is relaxing. He had his brown leather Barker Lounger in a fully reclined position as the Real World went to commercial. Then a Burger King chicken fries commercial came on. <gasps> and Corey Bob was head. so shocked by what he saw that the sip he had just taken of his Pamplemousse LaCroix came spraying out of his mouth in full-on spit-take fashion. No. He wasn't he drinking a LaCroix. He jumped up from the chair so fast that his bag of kale chips was crushed to no, smithereens are you making in the footrest of his Barca lounger. <laughs> this is made up. Because, was he really... okay? Because, because there on the TV in his living room was the chicken version of his band. Ugh.
2: I remember these commercials very well. <laughs> Super catchy music.
1: <laughs> I don't remember them at all. Bob your head.
2: <laughs> Let the people rise. <laughs> One kingdom under chicken fried. <laughs> it, yes. it was a good song. Yeah. It was like a, this hardcore like metal punk band yeah. that, they all had chicken, chicken heads. Chicken heads. Yeah. Chicken fries are delicious, by the way. Very Was tasty. he really
1: drinking LaCroix and eating kale chips? I may have fabricated that scene. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> it's called a joke. It's when you take an extremism and uh, it makes it humorous. But like so. his
1: marriage. Oh! oh.
2: It is over. I'm done. So I am done. Live on Let's Go to Court. <laughs> hey, let's go to Court over our marriage. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> All right. Now it's too real. Now now it is. It, is. Now I'm it
0: is. We're just gonna move on from there. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> this I'm I'm super into this right now. Okay, so okay. So continue. So
0: I may have fabricated that scene. Okay. But in 2005, Burger King really did put out a series of commercials featuring a fictional hard rock band called Cockrock. Rock. C-O-Q-R-O-Q. Yes.
2: <laughs> I downloaded the MP3s to, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so was, they were legit they were, songs. Yeah,
0: and they, it was to promote their new menu item, Chicken Fries. And Slipknot thought Cockrock bore a pretty strong resemblance to their band. The Cockrock ad campaign showed a mock heavy metal band made up of six members Foulmouth, The Talisman, Kabuki, Free Range, Subsonic, and Firebird.
3: Free Range. And I would
0: just like to put in here that I think there's a big missed opportunity because they should have called Kabuki Kabaki. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Kabaki, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, so, I, I see it.
0: Yeah, so they were featured um, performing in concert, wearing various forms of chicken masks, including a chicken gas mask, a chicken kabuki mask, mm-hmm. and a chicken mask with dreads. Okay. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I didn't even make the connection <laughs> yeah, when I watched this commercial, but yeah, yeah. They, they were just, slip Slipknot. Yeah.
0: So... In the commercials, um, as we've heard performed now by Norm, <laughs> thank you. Norm. The bob music your head. they had these songs. There, there was like three different songs, and they all promoted chicken fries. And now I'm not going to sing them as Norm did, but I am going to give you the gift of sampling you the lyrics. Okay,
2: do bob your head,
0: bob your head. Come and raise your claw, scream your throat out raw, bok 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 boga <laughs> bob your head. Bob your head. Bob your head, push out your beak. Bob your head, shake your lean white meat. (laughs) 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 And then there was Cross the Road. Raw desire is the fire I feed. Chicken fries are what I need. See you standing like a BK treat. Long and lean, just out of reach. And finally there was One-armed bandit I want more and more I can't get enough Addicted to chicken fries I just love this stuff
2: (laughs) That's kind of weak Bob Your Head is Bob Your Head is Is is, is their anthem Yeah (laughs) Everything else was whatever Because Bob Your Head was what was in the commercials
0: Yes There was like a whole website Mm -hmm. Devoted to this It was a whole It was a whole thing And as much as I would like for the events of August 3rd, 2005, that I laid out for you to be true, I cannot say that for a fact. Damn it, Brandy. What I can tell you is that Slipknot somehow became aware of the Cockrock Chicken Fries ad campaign, and they were pissed. Yeah. On August 4th, 2005, they, through their lawyer, Howard Weitzman, sent Burger King a cease and desist letter. Here's part of that letter. To whom it may concern, <laughs> they didn't bother to Google. One. <laughs> <I don't know.
3: laughs>
0: Within the last several weeks, Burger King launched an advertising campaign designed and produced by Crispin Porter and Baguski (CPB). Apparently, Burger King and CPB have created a heavy metal band, in quotes, <laughs> oh, called dance. Cock Rock featuring band members who wear chicken heads and horror masks. The campaign includes television advertising that is currently running on Spike TV, MTV, and VH1. The campaign also includes a website, www.cockrock.com, which purports to be a website for the band, but contains copyright and trademark notices for Burger King brands. All of this is apparently designed to promote the new Burger King product, Chicken fries. Delicious. Delicious. Did it say that in the letter? It does not. In parentheses.
2: (laughs) In in quotation. (laughs) Delicious chicken fries.
0: It is obvious that the television advertising and website are designed to conjure up the image and persona of a live performance of Slipknot. In addition to capturing the flavor and high energy intensity of a Slipknot performance, the members of Cockrock wear masks that include a gas mask as worn by Slipknot's Sid Wilson, a kabuki-style mask as worn by Slipknot's Joey Jordison, and a mask with dreads as worn by Slipknot's Corey Taylor. Internet message boards and other communications from Slipknot fans have already demonstrated actual confusion among Slipknot fans as to Slipknot's affiliation with Burger King, including the belief and criticism that Slipknot authorized the use of its image, persona, and sound for Burger King commercials. Yeah,
1: they were like, you guys sold (laughs) it?
0: Yes! Oh my God. Please be advised... That your use of the image, persona, and sound of Slipknot in advertising for Burger King constitutes multiple violations of the rights of publicity of the individual members of Slipknot, as well as unfair competition and trademark infringement in violation of Section 43A of the United States Lanham Act. So I'm going to pause the cease and desist letter for a second just to talk about the Lanham Act for a second. So the Lanham Act was enacted July 5th, 1946. It is the primary Fred Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's the primary federal trademark <laughs> statute law.
2: Primary Fred Flintstone <laughs> law.
0: <laughs> In the United States. So the act prohibits a number of activities including trademark infringement, trademark dilution, and false advertising. Subsection 43 Is the likelihood of confusion standard for infringement of an unregistered trademark provision? So basically, like though Slipknot has not trademarked their entire, you know, image or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're protected under trademark law by this, sure, by this subsection. And so this subsection states any person who, on or in connection with any goods or services, "...uses in commerce any word, term, name, symbol, or device, or any combination thereof, or any false designation of origin, false or misleading description of fact, or false or misleading representation of fact, which is likely to cause confusion, or to cause mistake, or to deceive as to the affiliation, connection, or association of such person with another person... Or as to the origin, sponsorship, or approval of his or her goods, services, or commercial activities by another person shall be liable in a civil action by any person who believes that he or she is likely to be damaged by such act. So that's that's the deal with the Lanham Act. Okay. So trademark protection, basically, even in the case where there's not an actual trademark in place. Well, Slipknot, I'm sure the name and the band is trademarked. I don't know that specifically their masks were trademarked. Yeah, Yeah, it's the overall overall look and feel. Yeah, Yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, so back to the cease and desist letter. We accordingly demand that Burger King and CPD immediately and permanently cease and desist from any further advertising or promotion utilizing the images, personas, or sound of Slipknot. Among other things, all television commercials and print advertising must be pulled and the website must be taken down. Should you fail to advise the undersigned within five days of this letter that you will cease and desist as set forth above, please be advised that we have been instructed to file a lawsuit against you in the United States District Court. Such a lawsuit would seek, in addition to injunctive relief, an award of your profits generated by the advertising campaign. Whoa. Three times the damages suffered by our clients, court costs, and attorney fees. Holy. Yes. So they're like, take it down or we're coming after you. We're coming after you for every damn thing. Yes.
2: And I'm sure Burger King took it down and that was the end. End of story.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, it finished up by saying, "Thank you for your anticipated prompt cooperation. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you." Sincerely, Howard Weitzman.
1: I think that's really annoying when people end emails like that. <laughs> I really do when Have they're a like, Great day. <laughs> yes. "When they're like, thank you for agreeing yes. and doing everything I say." <laughs> Thanks in
0: advance. Thanks in advance. Yes. So. Slipknot was particularly pissed about the fact that the campaign bore such a strong resemblance to them because they believed it was no accident or coincidence. Yeah. In September of 2004, CPB contacted the band's label and asked Slipknot to appear in an ad campaign oh. designed to motivate young people to vote. So if you guys oh. remember this in 2004... Vote like the, or die. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. Like, it was a really big thing to get celebrities on TV yeah. telling young people to get out and vote. And so CPB was um, in charge of an ad campaign with, in conjunction with Burger King to try and, you know, get these ads out. And so they contacted Slipknot's label and CBB told the label that Burger King was very interested in reaching Slipknot's demographic and felt that Slipknot's loud voice and large audience made them the perfect candidate for some kind of promotion. Mm -hmm. But after several weeks of conversation, Slipknot decided they didn't want to partner with Burger King as they felt it would damage the image that the band had spent years working to build And they felt that it wouldn't be well-received by their fans, which... It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. They were right. Because when the chicken fries commercials came out and fans thought that when they saw the ads and they thought that Slipknot had allowed their image to be used in the ads, they tore them apart on message boards. They Mm. called them sellouts. Like, they did not like it one bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You build sucks. an image of like rebellious yes. music and then you're in a Burger King commercial. And then commercial. you're in a
0: Burger King commercial. Exactly. Yeah. So that was they one of, kind the- of the bad boys of the fast food industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the major reasons that they were so mad about it. It was like it didn't really come out of nowhere. They yeah. had asked them to be in an mm-hmm. ad. Yeah. They said no. It seems and very yet, clear, yeah. And yet here is Cockrock <laughs> in an ad with masks that look just like Slipknot's masks. hmm So Burger King brands received Slipknot's cease and desist letter on August 8, 2005. And they were like, fine. You can have it your way.
3: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Let's go to court. Yes! Yes! <laughs>
2: Have it your way.
1: You know you could have hold
2: done, the pickles. Let us go to
1: court. Oh, let us. Now we're in a real pickle. Oh, oh. They keep on coming. So ketchup, on... Norm. You got anything? He just sang a whole song, Kristen. But I just said ketchup.
2: <laughs> Don't make me put
1: my oh, oh, buns uh, on you.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A gavel in your burger?
1: <laughs> what? No, that's terrible. You get it? Yeah. yeah, there's, there's not much to get there, but I think I picked it up okay.
2: <laughs> anyway, so they go so, to court. Yeah.
0: So on August twelfth, two thousand five, they filed suit against Slipknot in Miami court, seeking a declaratory judgment that their use of a mock heavy metal band featuring performers wearing chicken masks, did not violate any rights, including rights of publicity or the trademark rights of Slipknot.
2: So it was filed in Florida? Yes. Is that where Burger King's headquarters is? Yes. Okay.
0: In their suit, Burger King. (laughs) So in my notes here, I just wrote in their suit, burger laid out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Burger (laughs) King.
0: Burger King (laughs) laid out what they believe to be the facts. So, beginning in April of 2004, CPB created an ad campaign for Burger King intended to take their Have It Your Way brand to the next level. As part of the campaign, CPB created an internet promotion featuring a character called the Subservient Chicken. (laughs) I have no recollection of this, but apparently it was huge. Um, The website SubservientChicken.com featured a person in a chicken suit, a box in which users could type in commands and the slogan, get chicken the way you want it. Users could type in commands and the chicken would do whatever they asked. She'd perform tasks for them. Like just, you know, like dance chicken dance or, you know. Who would like go that. to a
1: website like that?
0: I I have, like I said, I had never heard of it. Apparently it was a huge success. It took okay. off. It was like. A big deal. And Burger King wanted to expand on the success of it. And so they created kind of a theme around that to capitalize on that success. So CPB came up with more promotions utilizing the idea of costumed chicken like characters to promote Burger King products. Mm-hmm. One ad featured the fighting chicken characters to promote the Tender Crisp and the spicy Tender Crisp sandwiches
2: love the tender crisp <laughs> you know they had um what's his name the guy Darius Rucker Darius Rucker I remember oh. when he the tender did the crisp commercials bacon for it cheddar ranch. yeah the tender crisp <laughs> bacon cheddar ranch this, Norman Great knows sandwich. a lot of Burger King commercials okay when Norman
1: said that he loves food like let it be known that is no exaggeration the man loves, loves food
2: <laughs> study the commercials <laughs> Download the MP3s the songs. Yeah. Uh I was a big Tender Crisp fan. Yeah. Usually I went to when I went to Burger King got a spicy Tender Crisp with onion rings. Ooh, mm. The best.
0: Did you get the spicy dip for the onion yeah. rings? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They they stopped doing the Zesty spicy sauce. Tender Crisp that though. What it was yeah, called. they stopped doing that. Yeah. It's it's a shame. It's a real shame. Anyway, <laughs>
1: um, sorry, <laughs> this continue. is what you built your platform for though. To bring yeah. back the spicy tender crisp. I'm building
2: it up, and then I will launch my campaign against Burger King.
1: This is what Gaming Historian has always been
2: about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Behind it all.
1: He had one motivation.
2: Bring back that spicy sauce.
1: So... They
0: created the fighting chickens who were, I don't know, two chicken characters who fought, you know, about what was better, the tender crisp or the spiky, or spicy tender crisp. Spicy is definitely better. <laughs> um, and so the creation of the mock heavy metal band Cockrock was simply another interpretation of that same ad campaign, according to Burger King. As for Slipknot's claim that the resemblance of Cockrock to their band was no coincidence because CBB had previously approached them about an ad campaign... And Slipknot had rejected them? Simply not true, said Burger King. CPB did not contact Slipknot in September of 2005 to appear in an advertising campaign, said Burger King's suit. Rather, in or around that time period, CPB contacted approximately 19 bands, including Slipknot, (laughs) Um, Across a wide variety of music genres to solicit individual musicians to appear in spots encouraging young people to vote. So they're like, we didn't reach out specifically to Slipknot. We were reaching out to all kinds of bands and musicians at the time. 19 is not a big it's number. It's not a big number at all. I don't think you get and I, to d- you don't yeah. get to say, we didn't reach out to them. You, you did. did.
1: You did. <laughs> you yeah. did. You did reach you out You just to them. have to
0: say, we reached out to... Several other yes. bands. A handful of other bands, yes. Yeah. Um, so in these advertising spots, they didn't advertise any specific... Particular Burger King products. They did, you know, carry the Burger King logo and stuff like that. Um, But the musicians who appeared in them, uh, P. Diddy, Snoop Dogg, and Ted Nugent, for example, which I don't know who the hell knew who would recognize Ted Nugent. And he's like a hardcore conservative. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's kind Um, of crazy.
0: Yeah. They did not sing or perform in the spots. They simply expressed the importance of voting in their own words. They weren't given scripts. They weren't scripted spots. They basically just got on there. There was a Burger King logo in the corner, you know, whatever. And it was like, get out there and vote. So they're like, yeah, and back up. We didn't specifically come for you, Slipknot, which I think is not true. Not true. Yes. (laughs) Um, So the filing also claimed that Cockrock was a mock heavy metal band that was markedly and obviously different from Slipknot except for the generic fact that both played heavy metal music and wore masks.
2: Mm. (laughs) And the masks are exactly alike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But many bands wear masks and or makeup to accomplish a mask like effect including but not limited to KISS, Guar, ICP, Mushroom Head, Mudvayne, Marilyn Manson, Low Straightjackets, and The Spits. Oh, to man. To name a few.
2: Mudvayne. Mud <laughs> you don't know any of these bands, do you?
1: I know Kiss. I know, <laughs> you know, several. If you knew. Oh, name one more that you knew. Um, name them again. I'll, I'll tell you if I. Kiss. Yep. Guar. Guar. No. Mushroomhead. Hey, ICP. Hey, one at a time,
2: folks. Okay. <laughs> ICP? No.
1: Really? ICP? Insane, Insane Clown Insane Cl- Posse. Oh, see? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. By okay.
2: the way, I wanna point out that when, when we all get together, uh, Brandy and I quiz Kristen on movies she has seen.
1: Yes. Oh, God, It's the game I hate the most.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know what, though? I was thinking about this. I, when I'm just with people, mm-hmm. and they say, have you seen such and such movie? I always lie. <laughs> except for with YouTube, because my fear is that they'll be like you haven't seen godfather 2 let's go watch it now and then it's like no why
2: <laughs>
1: so you two All are you are to the do own. is just
2: say no i don't want to watch it
1: no because people get so worked up when they find out that you haven't seen god name any Yeah,
2: i, I don't like when people do that you mean you haven't seen Caddyshack? Lord of the Caddy. Rings
1: extended cut? <laughs> you haven't oh, seen
2: the six hour cut of Lord of the Rings? Oh god. Let's go watch
0: it. Caddyshack was the big takeaway for me from last week. We yeah, I was seen... shocked
2: you haven't seen Caddyshack.
1: I actually, you know what? I have seen I'm
2: it though. I'm alright.
1: Now that I've thought Nobody about it, I have seen
2: worry it. About no, I haven't. Sh- no, I, haven't. Yeah, I, don't I haven't. think she's lying, lying about it right, right now. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared, I'm scared, scared they'll make me watch, me watch it. it. <laughs> It's so funny though. That's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, it's
1: really good. Oh yeah, I know. And Bill Murray, I mean it's good. You've not seen
2: it. Chevy Chase?
1: Chevy Chase isn't in it. Tell me about the baby Ruth.
2: Oh, Chevy Chase is not in it? Yeah, he's one hundred percent in it. Damn it, I thought you I thought you were
0: testing
1: me and then I was. Tell me tell me about the baby Ruth, Kristen. It's in the pool. They think it's poop. Am I right?
2: <laughs> you are. Okay, here's... That's a classic scene, <laughs> Here's though. how
1: good I am at <laughs> lying, lying about this. You know, these movies, like, you know enough uh, yeah. through osmosis <laughs> that you can lie your way through it.
2: Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's get, anyway, back, let's to get the, back to the... Anyway, let's get back to the Burger the King blocking. here.
1: Yes. It's not cock blocking. It's cock rocking.
2: <laughs> they cock blocked. <laughs>
0: All of these other bands also, you know, wear masks or makeup to obscure their appearance. Yeah, I know. Kristen knows all about them. <laughs> she owns several Mushroom Head CDs. Yeah. I'm a total Mushroom Head Yes.
2: I, you know, I, I found your Mudbang shirt the other day.
0: <laughs> so, Burger King alleged that the generic nature of these concepts had been acknowledged by Slipknot's own members. In an interview dated March 16, 2004, Slipknot band member Joey Jordison was asked how he felt about bands such as Mudvayne and Mushroomhead that seemed to have copied Slipknot's style. And Jordison had this answer. I have no problem with both bands. I like both of those bands. You know, there's a lot of room and music and the arts for bands to wear masks or whatever, It doesn't matter. There could be a million bands with masks, and Slipknot would hold its own with the way we look at the world, and the way we hold our band together, and the way we communicate with each other, and most importantly, the way we communicate with fans. So you'll never get another Slipknot. We're a -a one-of-a-kind band. So... Clearly what Burger King's trying to do here is being like, yeah. look, listen, they're saying their masks don't matter, but it's not the same thing. No. What they're saying is not the same yeah. as saying, well, we can create masks that look exactly like them, throw a beak on it, and it's not Slipknot. Totally not. <laughs> so I get what they're trying to do here. I don't think it's
1: correct. Yeah. I mean, that's, if I was in their attorney's shoes, yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah, exactly yeah, you you definitely bring do. it up in yeah. court. So, finally, the suit
0: asked the court to enter a judgment declaring that the Cock Rock campaign did not constitute unfair competition and that Burger King did not infringe on any right of publicity or trademark belonging to Slipknot. They also wanted the defendants to cover their court and attorney fees in the matter. Ultimately, though, the case never made it to court. Oh. Burger King quietly dropped the suit and pulled the campaign.
2: And say it didn't last that long, no,
0: so long enough for you to memorize it. Right? <laughs> no shit.
2: I mean, the Bob Your Head campaign, I, I don't remember it after a few months.
0: Yeah, it yeah. did not last long. So, though I don't know exactly what led to the decision to pull the campaign, I knew there were several behind closed doors mm-hmm. meetings um, that ended in pulling the campaign. But these are the two things that I know for sure Cockrock was 100% knockoff. Slipknot, one hundred percent. Oh, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Definitely. The second thing I know for sure
1: is that chicken fries are delicious.
2: <laughs> very good. And they have spicy chicken fries as well, yes. and those are very good. You know
1: yes. what is really upsetting me right now? I feel like we missed an opportunity. You should have brought chicken fingers uh, yeah. or chicken, chicken fries. fries.
0: Excuse me. Excuse and what, me. What you would have brought a side of beef. <laughs> I would have brought burgers. Oh, okay. you ungrateful beast. And I could have
2: brought hot dogs. And you
1: could have
0: shot it to us out of a cannon. Out, out of a gun. Cannon. Yeah. Yes. So um, I kind of cheated. I didn't do one that made it all the way to court, but I thought it was a good case. Hey,
2: they yeah. said let's go to court, That's right. but it just never got they there. It just
1: never got there. That's fair. So everyone go on Twitter and vote now whether we should kick Brandy off of the show.
2: <laughs> hey, I remember, actually, uh, in your first episode, yeah, Your case never went absolutely. to court.
0: Absolutely,
1: And I was so confident um, that that thing went to court. And I remember researching it and going, oh, so shit. So maybe we
2: should ban you.
1: I have for I, you. And yeah.
2: I will be the new co-host because my case is amazing. A Damn visual it. aid. So this oh. is
0: Slipknot. Yep, that's uh-huh. Slipknot. Okay. And oh, here, well, for fuck's sake.
2: Let's see Cockrock, oh, baby. On. I'll
0: show you Cockrock. <laughs> she just shows us a picture of a cock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Here is Cockroach. Yeah, it's just a chicken. Interesting.
0: This is Cockroach.
1: Oh, give me a break. Yeah. That yeah. is 100% yeah. a
2: Definitely. knockoff Yeah, the, the kabuki mask is yes. really what does it. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Man.
0: And that's, uh, that's my case. That was good.
2: <laughs> good stuff. Okay. My turn?
0: Yeah, I'm going to type on my computer the whole
1: time during yours. Yeah, what yours. the hell was that about?
2: I had to look something up.
1: In the middle of her thing,
2: yeah, I was looking up Cockrock.
1: Okay, you you don't do that well. You say, could we pause a second?
2: <laughs> oh well, I was so into the case, I wanted to.
1: It was like beyond.
2: I'm sorry. It was a good case. It's a comp- more of a compliment.
1: <laughs> Seemed very complimentary. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I apologize.
1: And that nap I took that was just me closing my eyes and thinking really hard thinking about thinking really hard about the case.
2: My apologies.
1: <laughs> You'll never be invited back.
2: <laughs> I wanted to see if someone had uploaded the commercials to YouTube. But anyway, it's my turn. My case. <laughs> this case I've wanted to do since. You decided to do this podcast Uh because I've been obsessed with this case for a long time Mm -hmm. because I read about it in the Kansas City Star, and they wrote a very tongue-in-cheek article about it making fun of the whole thing. Yeah. It was hilarious. So I'm going to talk about one of the most dramatic moments in baseball history, (laughs) A man was struck by a flying hot dog.
1: I don't think that's the most dramatic. And I don't know sports. It definitely is.
2: Okay. Okay, so I, I'm a big baseball fan, much more as an adult than as a child. As a kid, I wasn't really into it. Um, Brandy, Royals also, fan.
0: Also big Royals fan, yes. Yep,
2: I'm a Royals fan. Kristen, Royals fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> We're all Royals fans here. We're all in Kansas Kristen City.
0: also lies about being <laughs> yeah. a sports fan.
2: I enjoy sports. <laughs>
0: Go okay. team. Yeah, the Royals
1: are a team, yes. yes.
2: The Royals <laughs> play sports.
1: Are we, are we figuring out that my only passions in life are going to the bathroom a lot and, <laughs> well, yeah. and reading mean, when, when the Royals
2: went on the World Series run, you were into it yeah. and went to the games and whatnot. Yeah. So, but when you go to a baseball game, there is an inherent risk of watching a game live at the stadium. Yeah. Foul balls, flying bats, mm-hmm. what have you. But did you know there is a standing law that mm-hmm. says you cannot sue a baseball team you get hit with a foul ball?: Yeah, yes. OK. This is called the baseball rule.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was first introduced in 1913 in Kansas City.: Oh, oh wow. wow, I didn't know that. Yes. It was not issued by a court until 1913. So early forms of baseball. I don't know if you've
0: heard this podcast before. We get really excited about things that happen in Kansas City. Yes. This whole thing, love
2: it. This whole thing is local. This yes. is all Kansas City. We are very excited. Okay. So when baseball was first invented in the 1800s, it was a much different game. Like Legit, pitchers would throw underhanded, mm-hmm. and the batters would tell them where to throw the ball.
0: Oh, really? They could
2: be like, throw it up.
0: Oh, that's crazy. And then
2: they'd have to throw it up, and they'd try to hit it.
0: Okay. Oh. Okay. So,
2: a foul ball was not as common uh-huh. in early baseball, and it wasn't as fast mm-hmm. because they were thrown underhand. It was kind of baby, baby baseball. Like, oh, good fellow, throw the the, the <laughs> ball <laughs> over here, you know. Okay. So the odds are that a fan could w- just wouldn't get injured. Um, but by the late 1880s, the game was becoming standardized with rules. You have to pitch overhand. You have to wear, um, you know, a mitt. Uh, so, they added protective netting behind home plate because that is where uh, you had the least time to react. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, foul balls were hit a lot. So, protective netting behind home plate was very commonplace by the late 1800s. Well, in 1913, there was a case uh, of Crane versus the Kansas City Baseball and Exhibition Company. The Missouri Court of Appeals considered whether to hold the Kansas City Blues, which were a team way back in the day Mm -hmm. in Kansas City. Uh, They were part of the American Association Mm -hmm. of Baseball, which doesn't exist anymore, obviously. But were they liable for for an injury sustained by a fan hit by a foul ball while sitting in an unprotected seat down the third base line? So in 1913, this guy named S.J. Crane went to a Kansas City Blues game and uh there were no reserved seats mm-hmm. back then there was open seating um so a ticket usually cost 25 cents and they had bleacher seats or you could upgrade your seat to 50 cents and get a grandstand ticket
0: well, what's
1: that in today's money who knows <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh! Do, you brandy, want look, do you want
2: me to look it up real quick
1: brandy go ahead and rip into him <laughs> Just pretend that he's me. What would you say to someone who did that?
2: I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, it's about, according to this, um, let's see, a hundred dollars in 1913 is about twenty five hundred dollars today.
0: You don't know how to do this, yeah. Marvin. Let me. Do
1: you have a calculator? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All
2: right. Pull f- up that calculator. A fan,
1: Andrew, who I believe did the music for the Tetris episode. Yes. Um, he. Tweeted at us with an inflation calculator. Oh, cool! Because let's look up. uh, Brandy loves. Let's look up how much
2: S. J. Crane.
0: Why did this just default to nineteen thirteen? The government is fucking listening to us.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Let's find out how much S. J. Crane paid for his fifty cent grandstand ticket.
1: Well, we know how much he paid. That would be
0: twelve dollars and sixty-five cents in today's money. Oh,
2: pretty good. So, grandstand tickets were like the best tickets. At the stadium. That basically meant you could sit closer to the game. Mm -hmm. And you could choose to (laughs) sit... Excuse me.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Was it rude of her to type on her computer while you were talking? Did that
2: throw you off a little bit? She was clacking very loudly.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, was I?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. 50 cent ticket. You could sit closer to the game. Or, or you could sit behind protective netting, mm-hmm. but Mr. Crane decided not to sit in seats behind protective netting. He sat down the third base line, and what do you know? He's hit by a foul ball. Mm-hmm. So he sued the Kansas City Blues for negligence, alleging that the team should have taken greater precautions to protect him from injury. Okay, the Kansas City Blues said, "Well, a you should assume the risk of injury by even going to a baseball game, yeah." And two. You chose to sit in a seat that didn't have that protective wasn't netting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you could have. Yeah. So this went to the Missouri Appellate Court and they began by discussing the duty of care that the defendant team, which is the Blues, owed to spectators like Mr. Crane. Mm-hmm. In particular, the court noted that as a business engaged in providing a public entertainment for profit, the team was not legally obligated to completely ensure the safety of its fans such as protective netting instead the court held that the defendants were simply expected to exercise reasonable care here's a quote baseball is our national game and the risks and dangers incident thereto are matters of common knowledge yeah this formed the baseball rule yeah okay i think
1: that's a good rule absolutely yes
2: this was used in future rulings throughout the country there was even a case where a fan bought a seat for protective netting he was given the wrong ticket Mm. got hit by a foul ball (gasps) But the baseball rule still applies. Says you yeah. can't you can't yeah. sue. So over the years, the rule was modified. Um, so basically, stadiums are now required to have protective netting because back then it wasn't required. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll see in every major league baseball stadium, there is now protective netting.
1: Yeah, because that's a reasonable standard of care.
2: Right. So let's fast forward to
0: two thousand nine. <laughs> is that the sound of time passing?
2: In Kansas City. [SSS1] We're still [SS1] in Kansas City, y'all. It's two thousand nine. John Coomer, aged fifty, of Overland Park, Kansas, Mm. attends a Kansas City Royals game with his dear old dad, who is seventy-seven years old. So they bought uh they bought their tickets, but the Royals weren't very good in two thousand nine. They were not. So Mm. they decided (laughs) to uh move their seats. There was open seating. Yeah, uh, six rows behind the third base dugout. Pretty good seats. Yeah, I gotta say, pretty good. Twelve thousand people attended the game.
0: I mean, they're not front row, right behind the Royals dugout.
2: Yeah, maybe they didn't want to like get like brandy's Just tickets that's are. Where
0: my parents' see maybe,
2: the tickets are. Maybe they they didn't want to get greedy, <laughs> you know, because they probably bought nosebleeds and then moved down. Okay, so between the third and fourth inning, the Royals mascot Slugger came out to give fans hot dogs. This event is known as the Hot Dog Launch. Yep. This has been a normal part of Royals Baseball since the year 2000. We've been doing this promotion for a while. Mm-hmm. I should also mention that Slugger is one of the most frightening mascots no, I've ever seen. No, he's not. He is freaking weird looking. No. If you don't know Slugger, he's, he's a, lion a lion with, with a, a, c- crown. a crown molded into his head. It's, <laughs> it's not like he's wearing a crown. No, he is a crown.
0: Is, it, it is part of his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It's <laughs> very weird looking. Okay. Slugger was about 15 to 20 feet away from the Coomers. Okay. The Grassy Knoll. <laughs> grassy That's what Slugger is. Were was. there
1: two shooters? <laughs> Were there two hot dog shooters?
2: <laughs> anyway, at first Slugger shoots the hot dogs out of a gun. He has this giant hot dog gun. Hot dog cannon. A hot oh, dog yeah. cannon. He fires them out. So the, do- the hot dogs... <laughs> I'm gonna laugh throughout this because this is a stupid thing. <laughs> the hot dogs fired out of the gun are wrapped in bubble wrap.
0: Hold because, on, pause real fast. Yes. You guys didn't live here then, right? No.
2: 2009, no.
0: So you've probably never seen Correct. the hot dog cannon. Correct, because I will get
2: to that. They had to end I this promotion. I have
0: seen the hot
1: dog cannon. They had to
2: end the promotion. <laughs> yes. Well, they didn't have to, but they decided. to. <laughs> well, yeah. Did you um, ever
1: catch anything from the no. hot dog? No. Damn it.
2: So the hot dog's were wrapped in bubble wrap when they were shot out of the cannon. Mm -hmm. Slugger fires off several rounds. (laughs) (laughs) When he he ran out of ammo, (laughs) he began throwing the hot dogs by hand.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) These hot dogs were wrapped in Mm tinfoil, not bubble wrap. And that's when Slugger made a grave mistake. (laughs) Instead of throwing the hot dog at an arch, like you should, he attempted to throw the delicious hot dog behind his back.
1: <laughs> oh, he was oh. doing trick shots. He did trick shots. Got fancy with it.
2: It was a reckless throw. <laughs> Poor John Coomer wasn't paying attention.
1: He was. Wait, are we, are we talking about the dad or the son?
2: The son. The okay, dad was okay. just there, but John Coomer is, okay, gotcha. is the guy. John gotcha. Coomer wasn't paying attention he was checking the scoreboard for scores around the league which they Mid- tend, tend to show uh between innings worth
0: noting royal stadium has like the best scoreboard crown awesome vision, scoreboard it's amazing
2: yeah. yes by the way this was right after kaufman stadium had just been renovated and just updated crown vision correct so everything was shiny <laughs> and new mr coomer was very excited to check out the scene hmm. when all of a sudden A hot dog wrapped in tinfoil struck John Coomer in his left eye. His hat flew off. (laughs) It was a shocking moment. But John Coomer seemed fine at first. He was just blindsided by a delicious hot dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two days later, after the incident, his vision had suddenly changed in his left eye.
3: Mm.
2: Quoted, he said, I looked around at my dashboard and windshield and the sensation was of looking through a screen door, Ooh. he said. Kumar went, went to the doctor. He had suffered a detached retina. My mom had a detached retina on her vacation to Italy.
1: Mm. Did someone throw someone a hot dog at her? Down
2: no, one, it was a cannoli. <laughs> 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 no, it actually it was just like a freak just accident. Happened, yeah, 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 sometimes it just happens. Um, this was probably due to a hot dog being thrown at his eye. Could um, it have
0: just been happenstance? He just happened to get hit by a hot dog, and then two days the later, it's spontaneous. The, the
2: doctor said the, the hot like dog, the hot dog may have caused okay. the detached retina. It required, may
0: ha- may have. Yes,
2: it's, I mean a detached retina is very serious. Yes, no joke. yeah. Uh, required two surgeries for Mister mm. John Coomer. He also suffered permanent vision loss in his left eye, and he developed cataracts Ew. in his left eye. So on February 8th, five months after the incident, John Coomer sued the Kansas City Royals for negligence. He also The suit also claims the Royals committed battery
0: okay. because they, quote,
2: failed to exercise ordinary care in throwing hot dogs into the stands. Let's no. calm the fuck
0: down, yeah. Mr.
2: Coomer. The suit also claimed... The Royals didn't train and supervise its employees correctly in the proper method to throw hot dogs. No. This
0: is dumb. They have a, they I don't just know have a you. hot dog throwing class? I don't know
2: about you, but I practice my hot dog throwing every week.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you don't have a know hot dog the, throwing coach that you know, see
0: regularly? It's me. Yeah. I found,
2: <laughs> I found him on on uh, on TaskRabbit. <laughs> Are you trying to work on your hot dog? This
0: episode brought to you by Task Rabbit. (laughs) The guy shows up and he goes, "Wait, we're literally throwing Throwing hot hot dogs." I thought that was a euphemism.
2: (laughs) Oh, I thought I was just jerking you (laughs) (laughs) off. This is why I like being on the show because I can be a little different than my usual stuff.
0: Jerking off on the gaming
2: <laughs> history. I don't talk about jerking off on my YouTube show. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy, wanna come over and teach me how to throw some hot dogs? Oh yeah.
3: Oh, I'll yeah. Be yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: you got the buns ready? <laughs> oh <God. laughs> anyway, back to this <clears throat> horrible, horrible mistake by Slugger. Slugger was devastated.
0: Slugger. Slugger. yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> multiple R's. <laughs> In his
2: official name, he has three R's. Yes. Slugger.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. Because it's supposed to be like he's growling.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Slugger.
0: Because he's a lion.
2: Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I got it. And Lions are considered king of the jungle, the royals king. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, are you annoyed now? <laughs> Coomer versus the Kansas City Royals was a jury trial. Civil suit took place wow. on March 8th, 2011.
0: I didn't know it's a jury
2: trial. Went a jury. Several people stuck the... Ah, I misspelled that. <laughs> Several people took the stand, including John Coomer what? himself. did they miss the stand? <laughs> I, I wrote took as stuck. Several people stuck the stand. <laughs> Several people took the stand, including John Coomer himself and Slugger. The Royal <gasps> Mascot. Did he, was it, he in, in costume? costume? I would like to imagine he was wearing his outfit, but he probably wasn't. His real name was John Brian Shores, mm-hmm. the guy that plays Slugger. He's six foot three, two 220
3: pounds. Why do Fit you know boy. so
1: much about him?
2: Fit boy. Oh, I do my research. <laughs> I know his shoe size, too. Okay.
1: Damn. What is it?
2: I, I don't know. He she that up.
1: It's really so, <laughs> open.
2: Uh, the Royals' defense was very simple. The baseball rule was in effect, and John Coomer knew the risks by attending the Royals' baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. But Coomer stated that a, quote, mascot throwing hot dogs directly at business invitees is not an inherent or unavoidable risk of the game of baseball.
1: Uh, I don't think a spectator at a baseball game is a business invitee. Well, and I think in... In all sporting events, there's, they shoot yeah, T-shirts. They shoot t-shirts out, you got balls yeah. flying, you know. There's the guy throwing the peanuts, yeah. you know, he's just. Yeah, you got the. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, so he. he... John what, I'm, what I'm
0: trying to say is he's wrong. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I'm going to take a little aside here and talk about the history of mascots at baseball games because uh did not really happen until the 70s. Mm-hmm. So before there really were, they had team names, but there were no people walking around in giant lion costumes. Um,
0: We didn't get Slugger until the late '90s,
2: right? And before Slugger, it was Mm. Mister Royal, Mm. a giant baseball (laughs) with a crown on his head.
3: Do you like him better than Slugger?
2: I have a a Mister Royal bobblehead,
0: and he loves it. I love it.
2: It's very charming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does he tell you (laughs) stories? He whispers in my ear. Oh,
1: Mr. Royal! No, we we throw hot
2: dogs together. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, mascots weren't really part of baseball until the '70s, when a local kid paraded around the San Diego Padres games in a chicken suit. He did it to get into games for free. Mm-hmm. but the chicken soup proved to be very popular with fans and the san diego Pro- padres officially hired this guy to become part of the team he was the that's san diego cool. chicken that's very cool fans could yell at the chicken to quote lay one on me and the chicken would pull an egg out of his leggings and give it to the fan and it usually contained a prize like you know free soda okay or something like that lay- that's
1: super cool lay one on me yeah
2: very cool So, other major league teams jumped on the mascot bandwagon, and now you have some dude in a costume at basically every single sporting event. Yeah. Okay. So, Mr. Coomer said, mascots throwing hot dogs is not an inherent or unavoidable risk of the game of baseball. The Royals countered this by saying that the hot dog launch was a customary activity at the game, Mm -hmm. and Mr. Coomer voluntarily attended the game knowing the risks. He had been to 175 games at Kauffman Stadium okay then
0: he for sure knew right yeah.
2: he yeah. saw promotional he was items in the
0: bathroom at all 174 prior games when they did the <laughs> hot dog launch well, i here's don't the thing. think so
2: he saw promotional items being thrown and he admitted he knew that was part of the experience and he even testified he had seen the hot dog launch before mm-hmm. how could you not if you've been to 175 yeah. games yeah. at Kauffman Stadium? So the jury ruled in favor of the Royals. Of course. Mr. Coomer was one hundred percent at fault for his hot dog related injury. End of story, right?
3: No. Wrong.
2: (laughs) Until next time, this is Norman signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to invite me back.
0: (laughs) To get the dramatic conclusion of the hot dog in the eye. (laughs)
2: Yeah, this is just the beginning. Okay. So John Coomer was not happy with this decision.
1: Oh, come on, So he
2: appealed. And surprisingly, he won his appeal. What? What? As the Kansas City Star wrote on January 15th, 2013, he got another bite at the sausage.
0: Oh, Oh. God. They wrote that. Ugh, I'm glad you didn't
2: write that.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) The appeals court ruled, the risk of being hit in the face by a hot dog... Is not a well-known incidental risk of attending a baseball game, but
1: being hit by something at a sporting game is. So you should maybe you shouldn't be prepared to be hit by a hot dog, but you should be prepared <laughs> to be hit by. I'm a ba- mad. A
2: baseball. Hang on.
1: No, no, I'm saying anything. A t-shirt. A bag of peanuts. Uh, yes. Popcorn. Hang on. Apple Jacks. Some guys nuts.
2: Jacks, some guys apple. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> apple Jacks. <laughs> the I cereal. Cracker Jacks. <laughs> But they don't taste like apples.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, who hasn't been to a sporting event where they're just tossing out Apple Jacks? You know what? I'm going to throw cereal at Golden Grahams, right
2: here. <laughs> hey, better. Hey, Golden Grahams. I got you going. Hey, Apple Jacks. Hey, Crackle Note brand. Here you go. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: They got a milk guy that walks around,
2: yeah. too. Ew. 2% hip. Got this 2%. <laughs> Ice cold (laughs) skim (laughs) milk. Anyway, consequently, a plaintiff may not be said to have consented to and voluntarily assumed that risk by attending the game. Yes,
0: they did. Did Did he? Yes.
2: Anyway, (laughs) the appeals court ruled that the trial judge made an error. By instructing jurors to decide whether the risk of injury from the hot dog toss was an inherent risk of watching a Royals game, because that was a question that the judge should have decided, according to the court, because it's a matter of law. You don't let the jury decide oh. that. Does the baseball rule apply when yeah. a hot dog hits you in the eye?
1: Okay. 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 All right.
2: So, yeah, in other words, the baseball rule does not apply to the hot dog lunch. I'm
0: feeling good about this because I'm feeling like this is just like a legal loophole. They're just going to sew right up and he's not going to get mm-hmm. anything.
2: So the Royals <laughs> appealed the appeal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course of they course did. Of course they did.
2: Which means the case went to the Missouri Supreme Court.
1: Well, uh, yeah, we know what it means. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> On June 20th. big reveal. <laughs> you ready for this? On June twenty fourth, <laughs> Brandy,
1: Brandy, after oh, the court, well,
2: it's the Supreme Court. What? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm only saying that because a lot of people think this was just one trial. Yeah. Hot dog, whatever. But this went to the Missouri Supreme Court, which what? I think <laughs> I think is interesting. Okay,
1: Norman, this is your Apple Jacks moment. Just go with That's it. That's fine. That's
2: fine. <laughs> That's fine. They don't throw Apple Jacks at baseball games, by the way.
1: Give me some peanuts and Apple Jacks. That's how the song goes, right?
2: It is. So on June 24th, 2014, over four years after this incident took place, the Missouri Supreme Court ruled that the appeals court was right. So they'd have to have a new trial. Okay. In Jackson County. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court also ruled the baseball rule does not apply when you get hit in the eye with a hot dog. What? Yes. A jury originally found in favor of the team putting John Coomer 100% at fault. But Supreme Court Judge Paul Wilson ruled that the questions posed to the jury during the trial were flawed. Because one question asked the jury to decide whether fans assume an inherent risk of injury from a mascot's hot dog toss when they attend games. Right, and that's
1: a legal question, so they shouldn't have answered. Okay, gotcha.
2: Wilson wrote that the question of assumption of risk should be a question of law for the trial court, not a question of fact for a jury. Yeah. And as a matter of law, he wrote the risk of being injured by sluggers hot dog toss (laughs) is not one of the inherent risks of watching a royals home game
0: i disagree
2: Here's, here's what he wrote in the past this court has held that spectators cannot sue a baseball team for injuries caused when a ball or bat enters the stands the baseball rule such risks are unavoidable, even desirable. Part of the joy that comes with being close enough to the great American pastime to smell the new mown grass, to hear the crack of forty-two inches of solid ash meeting a ninety-five mile per hour fastball.
1: Okay, this guy. Or to watch his... a
2: diving third baseman turn a heart rending triple into a soul soaring double play. The risk of being injured by sluggers' hot dog toss, on the other hand. Is not an unavoidable part of watching the Royals play baseball.
0: I disagree. Okay, Here, I, here's
2: I, his reasoning. You can take away the hot dog co- and the hot dog toss,
3: watch and
0: Royals you can game. still
2: watch baseball. And I, it is not part of baseball, I, and that's why the baseball uh, rule does not apply. Mm. He wrote that this instructional error affected the outcome of the case which is true, Mm -hmm. and ruled that the verdict should be vacated in the case sent back for a retrial. There, it will be up to the jury to determine whether Slugger injured Coomer by hitting him with a hot dog and whether he was negligent in doing so. So the only thing they can decide is if there was negligence.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay.
2: And here I say, one thing you have to note is, the Missouri Supreme Court never said the jury was wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you wouldn't.
2: Just that they shouldn't have been the ones to make that decision on the baseball rule. So, a year later...
1: I'm so annoyed by this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're fired up.
1: I I hate this. Because he's right that, yeah, you can take that away and you're still watching baseball. Yeah. But... You could take away a number of things and still be watching a baseball game, but it wouldn't be the same experience. And you do take a certain risk. Don't give me that look. No, I'm listening. You, give a, you take a certain risk when you go out in public yeah. and you enjoy some. <sighs> Have you ever been walking down the street and got hit by a hot dog, Christian? <laughs> Depends on which street. <laughs> Am I on hot dog throwing street?
2: <laughs> so a year later, on June 16th, 2015, which... Anniversary's coming up. God bless June sixteenth. I'm gonna light some candles. I remember this case. Slugger took the stand once again. Probably not in his outfit. I wish he wore his outfit. Be That'd his be amazing. So
1: bad. What if he just had a crown on? He was like a normal. <laughs> what if dude his head on? was really shaped
2: like? <laughs> yeah. What if that's what he looked like?
1: Tr- <laughs> By the way, we should mention we're recording these really early, so the anniversary will have passed.
2: Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, in court he was asked to identify a foil wrapped hot dog and say if it was, <laughs> he was It, not. it, it was not. You just made that up. No he A foil wrapped hot dog was held up and was identified as one similar to the one he threw on that fateful night. Is
3: this the hot dog you (laughs) saw? I swear! I swear it was! (laughs) Sir,
2: could you point
1: out the hot dogs? They
2: had a lineup of of dogs.
1: (laughs) I'll need to taste them.
2: (laughs) Slugger was quoted as saying, It was never my intention to drill somebody. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, he did not. Oh. He did. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> I may not have drilled anybody, but I did throw some hot dogs. <laughs> Slugger was also asked to demonstrate his various tosses. Oh Overhand. Underhand. Salad. Grenade toss. <laughs> salad toss. Randy. <laughs> I may not have drilled somebody, but I did toss somebody salad. <laughs> John Coomer also took the stand.
3: He described the moment he was
2: struck by the delicious meat.
3: Ew.
1: Oh.
2: Quoted, I grabbed my face and bent over. I was stunned.
1: I do want to say, I do feel bad for the guy. Like,
2: well, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: got a free hot dog, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I do wonder if he actually ate the hot dog.
3: I bet he did
0: eat it. It's not,
2: not, it's not yeah. mentioned.
1: Why I'm not? sure he did eat it.
2: Anyway, the next day, on June 17th, 2015... Maybe he decided to
1: become a vegetarian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Traumatic injury from meat. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, on June 17th, 2015, the jury had reached their verdict. They ruled that Slugger and the Kansas City Royals were not at fault.
1: Okay. I'm but
2: they also ruled that John Coomer was not at fault either.
1: I agree yeah, with that. I agree too.
2: It was simply an accident.
1: Yeah, yeah it just it was. it was just an accident. <laughs> Slugger
2: wasn't trying to injure anyone, and there was no negligence. Yeah.
1: He didn't set out to drill anybody <laughs> that day.
2: <laughs> the Royals did not need to train their employees how to throw hot dogs. That's my favorite part of his suit, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that they didn't train their employees how to properly throw hot dogs. <laughs> So John Coomer was obviously disappointed by the ruling. Yeah. He said, I was injured at the game by their hand, and I was hoping that I could get at least my medical expenses taken care of. One thing to note is John Coomer didn't want the hot dog launch retired. He just wanted it done responsibly. (laughs) Okay.
1: That's just part of the risk with a hot dog launch, though.
2: John Coomer's attorney, Bob Tormelin, hoped the trial, quote, sent a message to Major League Baseball. He said, we always viewed this as a case of fan safety. If baseball teams are going to have their employees throwing things to their fans, it's been our position all along that they should do so in a careful manner, which didn't happen in this case.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: John Mm -hmm. Coomer also
2: assured the press he did not intend to bring any more lawsuits on the matter.
1: Well, yeah, he can't. You're You're done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess
2: he could. Oh, God. So this actually... I mean, this This was a big... Listen, it's already gone to the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Wait, how did that happen? <laughs> Supreme Court. You guys have to do like a sound bite whenever something goes to Supreme <laughs> Court now. <laughs> Supreme. <laughs> so this actually... Uh, did modify the baseball rule.
1: Hold on, why are you sitting I like know. that? I know, why are you I'm doing?
2: I'm hot, my thighs are sweating.
1: Are you trying to air yourself out I'm right in front of us?
2: Yeah, I'm sweating.
1: God, man. Sweating
2: like a Trekkie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this modified the baseball rule. <laughs> <laughs> Guys.
1: Oh my mo- God.
2: <laughs> it modified the baseball <laughs> rule.
1: Listen, I know it's hot in here, but you can't air out your mud butt right in front of us and expect us not to comment. We got
2: some serious mud butt right now. Um,
0: (laughs) Brandy's dying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The baseball rule. Yes. If you get hit by something at a baseball game that has nothing to do with baseball, you might have a case. That's basically yeah.
1: okay. how the new baseball So
2: the baseball rule plays. was modified thanks to the hot dog throwing incident that changed America and the game of baseball. The Royals, Nova. Nova. <laughs> the Royals no longer do the hot dog launch.
0: They did actually after this case for a little while, but they, they did. came out like in a canvas bag and they just underarm right. tossed it.
2: Did very, they seem like they'd been very trained safe. pretty
0: yeah, well? They'd been through a training process. <laughs> very safe. They,
2: they still launch uh, t-shirts. T-shirts, yes, because those are so soft. But and cuddly. see,
1: I've seen, I've only seen them toss the t-shirt. I, I've not seen. They them... They don't have t- a t-shirt cannon yeah. anymore. They
0: toss them.
2: Yeah. And that's my case. The Royals hot dog case.
1: That was good. Was good. I'm oh, I can't gross. believe
2: Slugger was on the grassy knoll and shot that man with a hot dog. <laughs> was there another? Hot dog shooter? We'll never know.
1: (laughs) Never know. If only we had footage. Do we have some Zabruder footage?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. There's the other shooter. Are we ready? I'm ready to hear about about Oprah's beef.
1: Okay. So I want to start by saying that there's an awesome article about this in Texas Monthly. It's called How the West Was Won Over. And I pulled heavily from it.
0: Texas Monthly is a high quality. Yeah, it is. Print, whatever it is. High quality. Publication, yeah. Yes, publication. That's the word I was looking Uh, for. I have pulled for a case from Texas Monthly before, and they have good stuff in
1: there. I remember because you embarrassed the shit out of me because you told me the guy's <laughs> name, yeah, and you're like, "Oh yes, I'm very familiar with Skip Hollingsworth." And then you were like, <laughs> "The reason that name sounds familiar to you is because he was a character in The Golden Girls."
2: Skip Hollingsworth. Was a character in the Golden Girls?
1: Blanche's nephew, right? <laughs> yes.
2: I know Hollingsworth <laughs> yeah. was their last but name. But she
1: said that name, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I know so that. Well name. I uh-huh. for sure know
0: that journalist.
2: Yes, I'm familiar with the Golden April 16th,
1: 1996. Oprah airs a very special episode of her show.
2: Every episode is special on the Oprah Winfrey show.
1: This one. You get a cow and you get a cow and <laughs> <laughs> you get a cow. Oh, Everybody's going home with a cow.
2: <laughs> oh, maybe.
1: So this episode was about mad cow mm-hmm. disease. Ooh. I remember this. Do you remember the episode?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: I remember the mad cow epidemic. Yeah. yeah. I was not allowed to give blood. Because, you because had of mad cow. cow disease? Well, because, because I, came over I, I came Scotland. from Scotland oh. and there was a big mad cow epidemic over there, so I was not allowed to donate mm. blood.
0: Okay. Were you donating a lot of blood at the age of 10? <laughs> well,
2: you know, they did, they did blood drives at school.
1: When you at, were nine?
2: Yeah, when I was young, they did blood drives.
1: No. Yes. That's really young.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't allowed. Because of my past. <laughs>
1: My okay. horrible past. So <laughs> anyway, as part of the show, she had animal rights activist Howard Lyman on as a guest. And Howard is a former rancher who became a vegetarian. Yeehaw. And he told Oprah that cattle in America were being fed meat from dead livestock.
2: Good.: Which is what may That's have caused the
1: spread of mad cow disease right. in Great Britain. Is it mm-hmm.
2: cannibalism? Jack. Were they eating be, dead cows? Yeah, that yeah.
1: would be capitalism I mean, by definition. Well,
2: he said livestock, so maybe they're eating chicken.
0: Not called mad chicken disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey,
2: not. Slipknot.
0: Is that the sound of a mad chicken? <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Yes, it is.
2: Slipknot had a case of mad chicken, <laughs> if you know what I mean.
0: We are never going to get through no, this. No, I was going
1: to say, damn,
0: this is Don't rough. Don't you
2: love having me on?
0: I do, actually.
2: Aw, thank you. Anyway, I won't interrupt anymore. I'm sorry.
1: Can you sit in your chair like a normal person? (laughs) What are you talking about? You're really, like, I thought when we called you out, you would stop trying to subtly air out your butt. You look like, um.
2: A gamer?
0: No, that bit that they do in Family Guy where William Shatner's all, every
3: time he's in a different position.
1: Yes. All right. I'm fine now. Let's go. Oh, oh,
2: oh,
1: oh, now Norman's laying down the law. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, you only have to call him out on this stuff like five times, and then he is done. Okay, we ready? Yep. So here's what Howard said. He said that if the remains of one cow are fed to others, then thousands of cows could be infected. And then even more Americans who then eat those steaks or burgers could be infected. So in effect, mad cow disease would spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Here's how some of their conversation went. Oprah, you said this disease could make AIDS look like the common cold?
0: I'm so disappointed in you right now.
1: Don't worry, I'll do her voice later. (laughs) Lyman, absolutely. Oprah, it has just stopped me cold from eating another burger. Okay. Okay.
2: When Oprah says something, yeah. it's gospel.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Over the course of this episode, there were interviews with a spokesman for the beef industry and an interview with an expert on mad cow disease from the U.S. Agriculture Department. Both of them said that American beef was safe. Mm-hmm. But their interviews were really short mm-hmm. and probably pretty boring and not as exciting as like mad cow disease yeah. is taking over. So the main takeaway from this episode was that American beef could be dangerous. That's what most people took from it. That made some people very angry. Like the Texas ranchers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
2: What in tar nations?
1: So one such person was the Texas agriculture commissioner. Within days of the episode airing, he wrote a letter to the Texas attorney general saying, Hey, we've got to do something about this Oprah episode. And he actually proposed taking Howard Lyman to court. He said, look, we've got this law on the books. It's about a year old. It's called the False Disparagement of Perishable Food Products Act.
0: As it just rolls right off the tongue.
1: And it sounds Uh, stupid. (laughs) Doesn't that sound stupid? Yes. So according to this law, those who interfere with the sale of Texas produce... By knowingly making false statements can be held liable to the producer for damages. Wow. What was the... I'm going to ask. You probably
0: don't sure. know. Sure. What's the origin of this law? Was there... I'm not totally sure. Yeah. And, like, it seems like something. My- <laughs> It seems like something big would have had to happen for that law to get on the books. I mean, I realize we're not talking about that case right now.
1: But I don't think it did because I feel like surely the articles would have would mentioned, have mentioned that. it. Seem- it seems assumed... like you didn't
2: do your research. Oh, shit.
1: You know what, mister? <laughs> Worry about your mud butt, okay? Because
2: <laughs> uh, Brandy told us about the Lanheim Act. That's right. Norman told us
0: about the origin of the baseball law.
2: But you can't look up this Perishable Woods Act. <laughs> it's too busy, huh?
0: Cutting this all out.
2: <laughs> you she's, bet gonna, you will. she's
0: gonna, like, splice in a clip of us telling her how great she yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's of just like, gonna be her doing our voices. It'd be like,
2: wow, Kristen, you are great. <laughs> 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 oh, thank you. You are beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the agriculture commissioner, who, by the way, was Rick Perry... Said, oh, yeah. yeah. Said, we can use this against Howard Lyman. Howard Lyman violated this law. But the attorney general was like, nah. Mm, uh. Okay, so I don't know specifically why he didn't feel like it would be a good case, but there are a few pretty obvious theories. One was that one argument against going to court was livestock Probably aren't protected under this law. When people think perishable food, they tend to think fruits and veggies, not a cow. Second, yes, demand for beef went down after the show aired, but it was already going down. Mm -hmm. How can you for sure pin that right?
2: Correlation does not equal causation.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that was good. That sounded Mm -hmm. intelligent.
1: He'll fake you out like just that sometimes.
2: Just like sometime.
1: Supreme Court. S- S- it went to the Supreme Court. We're all
2: topless now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's really just because it's so fucking hot, dear.
2: <laughs> Dance for the judge of the Supreme Court. <laughs> DJ, so, the attorney,
1: <laughs> so the attorney general was like, I'm not pressing charges. So, someone else did. And that man was Paul Angler. He was one of the wealthiest and most powerful cattlemen in the country. Mm-hmm.
3: You could
2: say he was a wrangler.
1: <laughs> dumb. <laughs> he moved to Texas in the 60s with this idea to fence in <laughs> feedlots where cattle could spend their final days fattening up my right by the feed trough. My Are name's you dumb? Paul done?
2: Angler and I'm a wrangler. Come on.
1: <laughs> no. Okay, so these, this idea made him super wealthy, and he sounds like a cartoon character. I'm gonna tell a few details about this guy. He had a frame. Okay, are you two done? My God. I'm fine.
2: I'm sitting here listening to you're your make, fascinating you're story. You're making
1: faces at Brandy, and you're triggering her to laugh I, more at no, your I'm stupid not. Wrangler <laughs> jokes.
2: I bet he wears Levi's.
1: <laughs> you don't think he
2: wears Wrangler? <laughs>
1: Anyway, Paul Engler had a framed photo of a shotgun right above his desk and it was always pointed at visitors. Wow. At, at one point a news reporter referred to him as a farmer and Paul got so pissed that he called his attorney and said, "If that guy calls me a farmer again, you sue his ass." This is like Yosemite Sam in yes. real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Or... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I've got the grossest one for last. One of his friends described him this way. He shakes your hand real hard, and for kicks, he'll take you way up in the air in his helicopter and show you this real pretty lake on his property that looks yellow in the sunlight. When the helicopter gets lower, you realize it's a lake of cow piss coming from his
2: feedlots.
1: Oh, that's disgusting. Yep. Hmm. So So Paul Angler.
2: What's it smell like?
1: That smells great. Mm. So Paul Angler. Asparagus. <laughs> asparagus. Oh God, can I you feed imagine my cows Asparagus? Oh. <laughs> so Paul and three other cattlemen are the ones who took on Oprah. They said her show caused them financial harm and said that she violated the false disparagement of Perishable Food Products Act, and they sued her for twelve million dollars. Wow. Here was their argument. They said the episode had a devastating effect on the U.S. beef market. The day the episode aired, cattle futures prices on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange plummeted. Plus, a Texas A&M economist said that in the three weeks after the show aired, the cattle feeding industry lost $87.6 million. Chunk of change. But Oprah's team was like, What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They were like, okay,
1: sure, the cattle feeding industry has lost money, but there are a lot of factors here. There's a drought. It's a volatile market. There's mad cow disease in Great Britain. So maybe this isn't all Oprah's fault. Mm -hmm. They were also like, you know, she did show both sides of the argument on the show. Yeah. And all she personally said was that she didn't want to eat another burger. Y'all ever heard of free speech? No one thought this thing would go to trial. Mainly because they thought, okay, this will get settled out of court, or a judge will dismiss it because it's not a valid lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But neither of these things happened. Wrong! <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't be more wrong.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Is that your Oprah?
1: Yes! yes. Clearly. <laughs> Is that my Oprah? Let's hear your Oprah. Yeah.
2: I can't do an Oprah. Oh, tell
1: us to look under our chairs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you get mad cow disease. And you get mad cow disease.
1: Uh, so a judge ruled that the suit was valid. And Oprah was like, I am not settling. So Oprah never for-
2: settles. Never settles. That's what she taught me.
1: I think there Never have settle. been lawsuits where she did settle, though.
2: Never settle.
1: Okay, anyway. I feel Find like- you
2: a man who can do it all. Never settle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like you don't know Oprah.
2: I really don't watch a lot of Oprah.
1: Well, she's not on anymore. So.
2: <laughs> she has her own TV network, though. Right?
1: Own? 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 She owns The it.
0: Oprah Winfrey Network?
2: Yeah. I think they show Golden Girls.
0: They should, if they don't. Show a lot of Dr. Phil
2: what you need to do.
0: Hey,
3: there <laughs> you go. Good. Oh, you That's, pretty
2: good. Good. That's
3: pretty good. That's good.
0: Uh, another Kansas City native.
1: He was born in Oklahoma. He went to Shawnee Mission North High School. Tell me something I don't <laughs>
2: know. Not Northwest?
1: No, no, not Northwest. He wasn't a cougar.
2: He, was, he not was not a, a cougar. <laughs> Darn.
1: I didn't realize how weird it was that our high school mascot was a cougar until Norman until told me. Until you became me. one?
2: Shut <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up. Until... I walked
1: right into that.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, wow, I'm dating a cougar, just like your high school mascot.
1: Damn it. (laughs) Mm. Set that one up for you, didn't I? Nice, ripe, juicy peach. (laughs) Okay. So they headed for trial, and it did not look good for Oprah. Oh, no. Judge Mary Lou Robinson ruled that the trial would take place in Amarillo, Texas. Mm, that is bad. That's <laughs>
2: real bad. Yep. That a jury is a real trial. Bad. Yep. Oh, and a jury trial too. Yikes.
1: Yep. Oprah's attorneys were like, "Shit." <laughs> One third of the nation's cattle are within a hundred and fifty mile radius of Amarillo, Texas. Holy shit. Yes. They were like.
2: So they were in cattle country.
1: Yes. They were like, there is no way in hell we they are getting.
0: To the Supreme
2: <laughs> <Court>! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, there's no way in hell we're getting an impartial jury no. in this place. We're screwed. We're going to wind up with a jury of cattlemen or descendants we're gonna have of cattle... cows. Yeah, I yeah, was going to say,
2: very... there might be cows on the jury.
1: Hey, but they'd find in favor of Oprah, they're like, yeah, don't even uh, overburden us. That's right. <laughs> There was nothing they could do, though, so they all went to Texas. And here's—I think this is funny. So Oprah was contractually obligated to do 200 shows a year. Mm-hmm. So when she got sued, she couldn't just stop making the Oprah show. Oh yeah. So she took the whole operation to Texas. She changed the name of her show to Oprah Winfrey in Texas. Oh my gosh. Do you remember this? No. No. See, I didn't remember I this don't either. Got to well. do what you got to do. She was like, okay. We'll just do the show here for as long as this thing lasts. Yeah. We don't have any other options. Also, because of a gag order, she couldn't say why she was in Texas. Mm.
2: She's just like, I love Texas.
1: Also, like, all of a sudden her (laughs) show changes to in Texas, and she can't legally say why. But everybody knew. So in her episodes, she'd be like, I'm down here in Amarillo. Y'all know why. And she'd like look at the audience and everyone would giggle. And, you know, so like she'd do that, but she could never say why. Mm
0: -hmm. She'd pick up a Texas accent while she was there? She did do like fake, like (laughs) she
1: like, you know how she does her Oprah thing where every now she'll drop into a different voice. So, but it was a really hard time for her. She couldn't believe she was being sued over this. She said it was one of the hardest things she's ever gone through. And a lot of the people in Amarillo were total dicks to her. Yeah. There were, this pisses me off, there were tons of bumper stickers all around town that read, the only mad cow in Amarillo is Oprah. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: That's mean. Yeah.
1: Fuck that. Yeah. Before she showed up, the president of the Chamber of Commerce sent a memo to his staff saying, none of you are to attend a taping of that show. Wow. He also said, that basically you're under no circumstances are you to give Oprah or any member of her crew any red carpet rollouts, keys to the city, flowers, you know, we are not being nice. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, great, we'll all be assholes to Oprah. Good (laughs) plan. Excellent. There was just one problem. She's so nice, can't be an asshole to her. Ladies love (laughs)
3: Oprah. Yes, Yes. yes. yes,
1: And, like, as soon as Oprah got in town, the mayor's wife, you know, like, she was expected to not be nice, but the mayor's wife was like, I'm not snubbing Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. So Nancy wrote Oprah a letter inviting her to book club. She included her phone number, and sure enough, almost immediately, Oprah picks up the phone, calls this woman, and they chat. Apparently, Oprah asked her where to get her hair done in Amarillo, like, just had a lovely time talking. Oh Yeah.
2: Good idea, Oprah.
1: I want to know whether she went to the book club. The article didn't say. I like to think that they were doing like an Oprah's book club selection
2: already. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) So Paul Engler, the head plaintiff, was getting pissed. Nancy was was setting a very bad example for the ladies of Amarillo. Oprah was a bad apple, and you don't invite the bad apple to book club. But Nancy didn't give a shit. She said... We are proud of the town our cattlemen built, but there was no sense in being rude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Let, let the jury decide yes. on the matter and just be nice. Have you got?
0: Have you talked to us about the jury yet? Do we know how many Not men? Yet. How many? Okay, mm. mm. I'll keep my pants on. <laughs> I'm
2: taking I don't mine see off. Why.
1: It's getting yeah. hot. <laughs> <of me. laughs> and Nancy wasn't the only one who said I'm not snubbing Oprah everyone wanted tickets to the show of course yes that made the cattleman very nervous everybody knows you get free shit when you go on Oprah too and you get to be in the presence of Oprah yeah magic in one interview a Texas man said I don't know if our local cowboys are going to come out on top of this damn deal We've already got wives of respectable ranchers sneaking around town trying to get tickets to Oprah's show. I'm telling you, Oprah's about to cause a lot of hell to break loose out here. (laughs) (laughs) So Oprah's doing her show, and every episode is like this giant salute to Texas. Yeah. On the first episode, she had Patrick Swayze on, who was mm-hmm. apparently from Texas, and he brought her a big cowboy hat and cowboy boots, and he taught her how to two-step. Wow! Mm-hmm. And like every night, she was having new stars who were born in Texas come to the show.
2: So I bet the locals loved this.
1: They were eating it up. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: What a great idea! It's
1: great publicity for yes. Texas. Yes. They absolutely loved it, and she would talk. She's openly. killing them with kindness. That's exactly right. There are so <laughs> many good lessons here. Yes. So she <laughs> talked openly about like how nice everyone in Amarillo had been mm-hmm. to her, and you know, like they'd pan to the audience, and they were uh, all like, "Ah, yeah. you know, so excited." Here's the thing about Oprah, guys. She was just being her best self. Yeah. And the people of Texas loved it. Mm-hmm. And sure enough. Before the trial even began, those douchey bumper stickers suddenly weren't so Mm -hmm. commonplace because suddenly it's kind of embarrassing to have those bumper stickers. Yeah, because they're
0: like, oh, expecting this villain
1: to come and she's just
0: like the nicest person ever. Yes, Yes.
1: absolutely. And she's saying nice things about them and nice things about their town. And uh, the president of the Chamber of Commerce retracted the memo. Wow. And he sent her a bouquet of yellow roses. Whoa, welcoming her man. to Texas. Wow. Yes. Okay, I think this is funny, too. The local media loved her. As soon as she arrived in town, an Amarillo TV station began reporting the temperature in Chicago. Just in <laughs> case she was, like, wondering, you know, how things were going back home. Another one gave out daily sightseeing tips for her stay in Amarillo, like just for her. How like, big is amazing. Amarillo? I have no idea. Man. <laughs> you could look it up right now. Yeah, just, just type away talking. in the middle of Kristen's yeah, story. Maybe I will. Don't treat me better than Brandy, you know.
2: <laughs> Amarillo, Texas. What do we got? Population 199,000 of, as of 2016, so pretty, pretty big city.
1: It's not not really, big. no. It's small, mean, that's smaller than Shawnee. Yeah, you. Norman comes from Elizabeth City, North Carolina. <laughs> so to him, that's big. Yeah, I mean, I,
2: that's a medium, medium city, small no, city. It's pretty not. Small. It's
1: a pretty small city.
2: Fine, whatever. Continue.
1: <laughs> okay, so I need to say something very obvious. People fucking love Oprah. Duh. But you know the one person on earth who did not know that people fucking love Oprah?
2: Pete Angler the Wrangler?
1: Paul Angler. Paul Sorry. <laughs> His name should
2: be Pete. Some better cowboy name.
1: He was not happy. Pistol Pete, that is a better cowboy yeah. name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. An And Amarillo attorney summed it up this way. He said, "I have no doubt that Angler thought he was walking into a hometown court and putting a foreigner on trial to these cattlemen, Oprah? A successful black woman from Chicago seems like a foreigner. But the real comeuppance is that Engler is a lot more foreign to people here than Oprah. People in Amarillo watch Oprah every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like, she was in their homes every day. But even though everyone loves Oprah, no one thought that this trial was going to be a slam dunk. And they especially didn't think it was going to be a slam dunk after the jury was selected. Of 12 men. Um, and one cow. Uh, here's, here was the big sticking point. Okay. It was all white. Mm-hmm. And the article I read... Mentioned one woman mm-hmm. on the jury. So I don't know for sure that we're, there was only one woman, but yeah. I do know that one juror was a descendant of one of the area's oldest ranching families. Okay. And another had been involved in cattle feeding. All right. So yikes. Yeah. It's not a great setup. Oprah described looking over at the jury and being like, these are not my peers. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, this really sucks. But a jury consultant on her legal team was like, hey, be you, be authentic, keep going. So the trial starts. And it's boring. Super fucking boring. <laughs> okay. Engler's side is talking about commodities markets, pricing. The proper mix of cattle feed. Yes, they said, they said that people in the gallery fell asleep. Yeah. And by the way, Maya Angelou was there. So who knows if Supporting she fell Supporting Oprah. Yeah. yeah. So people were bored to death. Yeah. But they did a decent job of tearing down that Oprah episode. They brought in the beef industry spokesman who'd been part of that episode. And he said that Oprah told him after the show, we weren't fair to you. Apparently, apparently, with the editing of the episode, um, he'd been—you know—his stuff just wasn't as exciting, so he got cut down. Yeah, they brought in the government expert who'd been on the show, (laughs) and on the stand, the man broke down in tears. What? Okay, listen to this. The man broke down in in tears as he talked about what it was like to defend beef on that show. (laughs) He said the Oprah audience. Was like a lynch mob.
0: Beef and I have just been friends for so long.
2: <laughs> i been so close to beef.
0: <laughs> to get in uh-huh. there in front of all those people who hate beef, and I had to say <laughs> all these <great>, <laughs> <department. laughs>
2: things. And then, and then, and then she she said beef was bad.
1: I just like okay. Wh- Oprah audience, we can all picture the Oprah audience, Yeah. Right? Like a lot of pastels. Yeah, they are a lynch mob. mob. Kristen, what you don't see on TV <laughs> is
2: are all the, all the pitch torches forks? and pitchforks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the nooses in their in their purses.
1: They hide those away very cleverly. <laughs> That's yeah. So right. Finally, three weeks into the trial, Oprah took the stand. Mm.
2: Oh, here's what we've been waiting for.
1: Oh, God, I love this. Engler's attorney had a transcript of the episode, and he went through every fucking line of the show with her, picking it apart. He said she was negligent for not double-checking Howard Lyman's claims, and he just hammered away at that mm-hmm. point. And finally, Oprah leaned toward the microphone and said, Mr. Coyne. I provide a forum for people to express their opinions. This is the United States of America. We are allowed to do this in the United States of America. (laughs) And, like, the article said that all of a sudden it was like the lights came on and people started paying attention. Yeah. Because finally it wasn't boring anymore. Yeah.
2: Thank goodness. When
1: her own attorneys took over, Oprah, like, on point. Like, tap danced up there, I'm sure. So here's the thing. Uh, When she was questioned about her integrity, she said, I am a black woman in America, having gotten here believing in a power greater than myself. I cannot be bought. I answer to the spirit of God that lives in us all.
2: Damn! I bet the jury loved that. Oh Oh, my God. I love that.
1: (laughs) I mean, I answer to the spirit of God that lives in us all. Holy shit. Yeah. So she talked about overcoming all sorts of obstacles like racism, obesity, poverty, childhood abuse, all to get to where she is today. Yeah. She said, I am in this courtroom to defend my name. I feel in my heart I've never done a malicious act against any human being. The trial continued for six weeks.
2: Good God. Wow. Six-week trial over beef?
1: It was nuts.
2: Where's the beef? And
1: it's 1998 by this point, (laughs) so it's been going on for a while.
2: Seems like they had quite the beef.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 So this whole time... Oprah would go to court during the day and tape her show at night. And people were really starting to pull for Oprah. And weirdly, Rick Perry, who'd been all for this lawsuit, saw how things shifted. Yeah. And he was suddenly really quiet about it. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So people suspected that he was being quiet because he was running for lieutenant governor. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Meh. So finally, on February 26, 1998, the jury voted unanimously in favor of Oprah. Good. Woo! Woohoo! After by the way, like she had a ton of supporters outside the courthouse. People and I think this sounds weird. They had kazoos and apparently her favorite song is the Andy Griffith theme song, so they did woo woo woo, you know. Yeah. They did that for her. I that think that is sounds weird. Bizarre. <laughs> anyway. Okay that's her favorite song i can't believe that i mean that's that's what i have read on her ipod (laughs) i mean whose favorite song That's no one's
0: favorite song that's not even andy griffith's favorite song
1: if anything it almost sounds ominous to me yeah i i don't know but anyway she told a crowd of cheering fans i will continue to use my voice i believed from the beginning this was an attempt to muzzle that voice I come from a people who have struggled and died in order to have a voice in this country. And I refuse to be muzzled. Yeah. After that was all over, she moved her show back to Chicago, but she couldn't stop thinking about her jury consultant and how smart and well-spoken he was. And he'd really encouraged her to be authentic and cut through the bullshit. Do you know this story? I don't. So she invited him onto the show. And the audience loved him just as much as she did. They loved him so much that Oprah brought him back every Tuesday for years. And then in 2002, she gave Dr. Phil his own show. Holy shit! Yes! I
2: didn't know Dr. Phil was uh, in in law.
1: I didn't either. There you go. So, like, she's talked about how this was such a hard time in her life, but how some good things came from it. Yeah! And one of them was, like, meeting... Dr. Phil, yeah, and like I guess she was so impressed with him. She at first told him you should write a book, and he's like, I don't have time to write a book, and he was kind of like, ah. and she's yeah. like, No, really, you should do this, yeah. So that's, that's
0: amazing, isn't that wow. crazy? I had no that idea, is nuts, and that's how Dr. Phil was discovered. Yes, wow,
1: catch me outside. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Now that's a beef.
1: <laughs> so that's it. That is nuts.
2: I had no idea he was in legal matters. I thought he was all psychology therapy. Well, thing. I think he,
1: he was well, a consultant that's a big part of yeah. jury selection. Yeah, so uh, that yeah. I guess sense. I guess
2: I guess that does make sense. And
1: I assume he helped her with her testimony. Yeah, and so yeah, psychology would be huge. Huge. Yeah.
2: Wow, he must be a gamer.
1: <laughs> I really doubt it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Okay. Loved it.
2: Yeah. Boom. That was interesting. I, did, I had no idea about that case at all.
1: I. It's one that I've always I thought I love that about Rick doing. Perry was involved, Oh, my too. God. Yeah. I love that she just like went
0: down there and won them over. That's
1: what I love about it, too. Because yeah. I feel like if I were in a place where they were saying, like, the only mad cow out here is Kristen Pitts, I'd be like, fuck everyone. everyone I'd be yeah. so mad and so hurt, but she was just like, no, I'm just to go show you, you i'm can, gonna be me. you can
0: try to hate oprah you can't, can't be done Mm-mm. cannot be done
1: i love that that chamber of commerce guy retracted <laughs> his memo and sent her, her flowers, flowers. Yeah. yes
2: because his wife was probably like
1: no the mayor's wife that was a different oh yeah. chamber of commerce you're right yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah got it
1: man
0: it was good i liked this yeah. themed episode this, it, this was, was good. fun this was fun
2: I I wish I could have learned more about the Perishable Foods Act, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can tell you something. I can tell you something about it. Um, I read kind of a more updated article, and it said that the year after this went to trial, Texas lawmakers talked very seriously about just taking the law off the books because the trial had been just kind of a waste waste, and embarrassing and just stupid. But it was never taken off the books, but it is believed to have not been used since. Mm. So it's been on the books since 1995, and it, to my knowledge, was used one time, yeah. unsuccessfully.
2: So they complained it was like a waste of taxpayer money.
1: Well, I don't know if it's taxpayer money when it was no, if it or. was brought by
2: a but, private... But well, I, I think, like, if, I if, think if, if, the idea
1: if, was that it was kind of a stupid law. If the
2: court had to deal with that.
1: Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Um,
2: actually read an article about my hot dog case where this guy wrote an editorial where he was pissed that the Missouri Supreme Court was even like... <gasps> Supreme the Court! The Supreme Court was even like talking about this case. What do you mean? He was annoyed that... But did he it was, like, go to the Supreme
1: Court? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what, Kristen? <gasps> oh no, what? Oh no. I believe... In a higher power,
1: <laughs> I will
2: not let you. The
1: power of God that me. resides in us. Are you a strong black us? woman? I am, am a
2: strong, strong black, black woman. woman.
1: Yeah. Hang on, let me look. And up the yes, po-
2: I go to baseball games, and I eat apple jacks, <laughs> and I don't need you to tell me what to do with my life.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say something right back to you. <laughs> I cannot be bought. I answer to the spirit of God that lives in us all. That's what I wanted Boom. to say. Yeah. Boom. Boom. I didn't get the line Mike, right. drop, drop your mic, Krista. <laughs> it's don't too really, expensive. It's too expensive. Too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Oprah money. I have a quote from Oprah, but I don't have Oprah money. We can't be ruining this well, wait, mic.
2: Bef- now, before we go, mm-hmm. do we need to try Cracklin' Oat Bran Just on air?
0: I am not eating Cracklin' Oat Bran on air.
1: Yes, you are,
0: Just damn
2: it, eat- Brandy. Just eat a, a piece of Cracklin' Oat okay. Bran. Give the Cracklin'
1: Oat Bran. First, we have to explain. Okay. Okay, you explain why we're eating Cracklin' Oat Bran. I'll grab the because it's oat
2: my favorite oat. cereal.
1: We were talking about so at lunch the other day.
0: We were talking about our favorite cereals, and I told you guys that Zach's favorite cereal is Raisin' Bran. and Norm, you're like. Pfft.
1: <laughs> Raisin Bran? What is he, an eighty-seven-year-old man? <laughs> and, like, I've got to back Norman up on that one. That is a well, weird
2: favorite. And, and, and I was and like, then, not and, even Raisin Bran Crunch. No, which I mean, is he stri- likes Raisin Bran strictly better, but than he brand.
0: likes Raisin Bran. And so then you, were, I was like, well, what's your favorite cereal? And you're like, Cracklin' oat bran. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it says bran in the fucking name. Like, it's. Doesn't it taste like bran, like and I so I've never had it before. And so I show up here today to record. And out comes the box of crackling oat bran that I, we're apparently now going to eat on.
2: Here's want you the to, thing: I, want you to I crunch knew into the on mic. the
1: food episode, I knew she wouldn't buy it. She was like, "Oh, maybe I'll try it." I was like, "She's not going to buy it." So when I went grocery shopping, I got some. I think it's so good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Imagine that with. Ice cold skim milk it.
1: She's got a really neutral look
0: on her face. No, it's actually pretty good. It's actually not that different. Texture-wise it is, but taste-wise it's not that different from
1: cinnamon life, which is my favorite cereal. Mm-hmm.
2: It does have a hint <laughs> of cinnamon. But you know milk. what?
1: <laughs> it doesn't fall apart into mush. Exactly. It
2: stays cracklin'.
1: We should also say, we're not sponsored by Cracklin' Oat Brand. We wish we were. We are not. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Thank Norman? you for joining us, Norman. You're
2: welcome. This was fun.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to um, iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. Find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Head on over to Norm's YouTube channel, Gaming Historian, which I guess you probably already know
2: about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give your audience homework. Go on Twitter and tweet at LGTC. It's uh, at at let's go to court. Yeah. With the number two. two. With the number yeah. Three. Please tweet at them your favorite ballpark snack. Ooh,
0: Ooh excellent. Please do.
2: That's your homework. It's
0: going to be a lot uh, of Apple Yeah.
1: And then join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics.
0: Podcast, Podcast adjourned. adjourned.
1: Okay. Bye bye. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary.
0: And I copy and paste from the best sources
1: on the web sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from articles in Texas Monthly and the Texas Tribune. And I got my info from cracked.com and
0: thesmokinggun.com.
2: I got my information from the Kansas City Star and from the awesome paper written by Benjamin Trackman going to bat for the baseball rule.
1: For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com
0: any errors are of course ours but please don't take our word for it go read
3: their stuff